really my grounding and coping while getting sober helping me was the sweats and being on the land. I just found myself I could be, I was more lighter, I guess, after the healing camps. I felt like a lot lighter and when I go to the city, I wouldn't be as triggered as I was before the sweats and stuff. So the grounding of being on the land really helped me in the beginning of my sobriety for sure. Listeners, to back to the Return of the Buffalo podcast. Uh, I'm here with my co-host Rachel White Samard, um, and uh, very much looking forward to sharing with you a conversation that we had with Marina Coates, um, who was uh, one of the moms who was uh, has, has been part of our Return of the Buffalo uh, community for uh, a few years now, um, and. Uh, yeah, I feel like we had a, just a really great connection. It's, it's she's got a powerful story. I wonder, Rachel, you know, what comes to mind for you as you think about the conversation we had with Marina? Yeah. Um, hello, everyone. Um, I think you know uh, Marina when she was at our at the retreats at at Sandy Soto at the Return of the Buffalo retreats. Uh, she was she was one of those moms who was just just really stood out. You know, she um, was really attentive to her little boy. She was in the kitchen helping mm, yep. a lot, um, you know, and I, and I think, you know, as I, as I so, sort of stood shoulder to shoulder with her as, as you know, we either did dishes or we served food or we were Saskatoon picking, um, you know, she's, she has had a lot of experience sort of in the domestic arts, you know, that us women um, are often part of. And, um, and it was just really love. It's been really lovely to sort of stay in contact with her. And, um, you know, when you suggested that we, we invite Marina to come and, and, and chat with us, um, you know, I was so glad that she said yes, because yeah, she does. She has a powerful story. And I think, you know, we could probably do a five part story with Marina, you know, she's, uh, she is going to have, um, incredible growth, um, and, and she already has um, that she's she's expressed and and when our listeners sort of um, when they when they go to listen to the interview they'll they'll see part of that story a, a small part of her journey that she's traveled on already. Yeah, yeah, she really showed up for Return of the Buffalo in in all kinds of ways, and I I appreciate you. I can I can picture her in all those ways that you just uh, were were recalling for us. And and it really paid off for her. Um, she today has full custody of her son, uh, Damien, who she's very proud of, and uh, and has gone from being a, a, a participant of programming at Mamui to being uh, one of the staff uh, at Mamui. Uh, so, yeah, just just a really encouraging story, and I'm I'm really happy to share her with our listeners. Um, 
just a word about uh, if you if you like what we're doing here on this podcast, if you feel good about it, please do uh, rate us uh, on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're uh, uh, consuming the podcast. Uh, it helps other people who are into similar things find out about what's going on here at Return of the Buffalo. Um, and if you feel like you want to make some kind of uh, financial contribution to the work here, I just encourage folks to go to the Sandy Soto website. There's a donate button with, with various options there if you want to support not just what's happening on the podcast, but the, the work of, of the center generally. And uh, yeah, so without f- further ado, um, we give you our conversation with Marina. to the Return of the Buffalo podcast. Hi. Uh, it's, it's good to see you and good to be sitting here with uh, Rachel. Hello, Marcus. Hello, Marina. Long time listener, first time guest. <laughs> so for folks, for folks that uh, don't know you, uh, Marina, maybe let's just start with how did you, how did you connect with Return of the Buffalo? Um, through Mama Way, I guess, like through Tammy. Like, I signed up as soon as I heard there was a retreat because <laughs> I wanted to get grounded again. And it was the beginning of my sobriety in 2019. So, but I was doing it with trying to keep my family together. And right, did you? I, I don't know this. Did you ever lose custody of your son? I, yes, I lost custody of Damien when he was eight months. No, th- 14 months. I didn't get him back till he was, till March 6th of 2020. That he is out of care. He got signed over to me on my 30th birthday. And he's not been in care. Of and, and how, and how long, how long was he? Yeah, and and I think it was a he 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 kind of stayed in the family, right? He he stayed with my in laws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were older. How long? How long were you living apart? Uh, for like a year and a half, because I didn't get him back till he was three. Okay. A year and a half. Of wow. jumping through CFS. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's hoops to jump through for sure. Um, what was that like when when he was when he was apprehended and he couldn't live with you anymore? What are your memories of that time? My memories of that is like basically when it basically was like he went to a stranger's house because my in laws were treating me like as a criminal because I was using, mm. but I wasn't using. I wasn't using right. it then, but right. they were still treating me like I was like not allowed to see him, like he was with total strangers. I only got to see him once a week. And then that bugged me. I did that for a month of just mm. seeing him only once a week. And then I fought for three times a week. And I got my three times a week after the whole month of just once a week. Mm. That must have been hard. So right, right early on, you were you were fighting to to see him as much as you possibly could. 
and and who was supporting you at that time? Like, how, were you involved with Mama Wee then already? No, 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 I wasn't because I didn't okay. go with Mama Wee till he was two. Okay. How did you learn about Mama Wee? I walked into McGregor on on like a really down day where I got. I think my visit was taken that day, but I showed up to go visit him, and they said he wasn't there. And I was like really yeah. like down in the dumps. I was just like walking around North End. And then I stumbled upon McGregor and then I heard he could do a self-referral for the family group conferencing program. And I did that. A week later I had a mentor. Yeah. And so and so for for folks that don't know about that was Brandy, yeah. Brandy's awesome. So for folks that don't know about Mamawi and the family group conferencing program and the mentors and the awesome people there and how they come alongside people uh, in their, in their journey. Tell, tell listeners, you know, what is Mama Wee and what do they offer? Mama Wee is an awesome, like, it's my other family. It's definitely my other family. Cause like, I mm. wouldn't be where I am right now without Mama Wee and without the people in Mama Wee like having our little talks when I'd feel like defeated by jumping through these hoops. Like I jumped through CFS hoops like three, four times for them. And I did like treatment on my own and it still wasn't good enough. And I still had to keep doing everything for them. And Mama Way was really my backbone. They helped me like not get so fed up to anger where I don't want to do nothing with CFS. They helped me, they helped me Mm. really just fight, just do, find different ways without getting angry and without getting frustrated because I was doing programs after programs after programs and I wasn't getting nowhere with my business or anything. So listening, listening to your story about uh, those early days with Mamawi, I'm really struck by, like, how do you find that balance between? You need some fire in your belly to to fight for your your family to get your your kid back, but you don't want to be so full of anger that you're kind of self destructing. And I and I wonder what you, you know, what they helped you with, and what you've maybe learned that you'd want to share with other people that are in a similar situation. It's just. Like when I started first going to Mama Way, I was a turtle. I didn't talk to nobody. I just observed everybody. And it wasn't until my first CFS meeting with my mentor alongside me that I didn't start opening up to her and telling her the real truth. But then like mm-hmm. on the way to the meeting, I told her everything. And she was like, you should have just told me from the beginning, she says. And then like that just made me have more of a connection with her that she's willing to like look aside of what what I did to get into where I was like with my son being gone. Like she didn't she didn't judge me. She didn't she just said we can do this, we can fix it. And Mama Way helped me really with a lot with their programming. And now I'm working with and now you're working for them. Yeah. And, and, uh, um, I want to hear about that a little bit later on, but 
but maybe just um, like in terms of your healing journey, um, we're always curious, like what makes the difference that makes the difference? Do you know what I mean? The healing camp really made me made the difference. Like with my healing journey, like bringing out the indigenous side of me, I guess. Because I wasn't really like into sweats and into all this, like, I wasn't into that before. But as soon as I, as soon as we went to Sandy, it was just like, I love the land. And then watching Damien on the land, and then watching his dad on the land, made me think, like, this is where we wanted to be. They were happy. Like, Damien didn't even go on, first thing in the morning he's outside, didn't even go back in until nighttime. And I still had to drag him inside. Mm. So, like, he thrives on the land. I do, too. And same with his dad. So, just being able to ground ourselves that way. So, just the land itself is healing? The land, yeah. The land is really healing. But you, you also said that you hadn't, you hadn't really connected with the sweat lodge until coming to Sandy. Yeah, no, I haven't. I was... I didn't, it was my, I think that was my first sweat. What was that like for you? What are your memories? My memories is bringing Damien in for two rounds at at eight months. Mm-hmm. Holding him while the bear song is going and I could just feel him just jumping and just being able to do a sweat with my little family at the time. Mm. Like he was happy to be in there with you. Yeah, he was just every t- every time the the drum hit, he, I could feel him moving to the beat. Mm. And it just, mm. and he was on my lap, so like I felt it all. And he's just, I could just feel him. Like I don't know, it's just that. Yeah, yeah. And I th- am I remembering this correctly? I think you you received a spirit name in the lodge. And you were you were talking earlier about being a turtle when you, uh, in terms of being kind of in your shell when you when you first came to Mamui. Um, do do I have that right that I'm sitting with two women that received turtle names in the lodge? What what did what did receiving that name mean to you? In the beginning, I didn't know what to think like. But, like, now receiving that name, like, I could, that was me, like, before being open. That name, like, mm. that's that's what I used to do is just sit and observe. And like, I don't know. It's just kind of weird that I'm not like that no more. Hmm. So it's, like, about my past, my name, I guess. It feels like it's more connected to who you were than maybe who you are today. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. It'd be an interesting thing to sit with an elder and and talk mm. about. I need to do an elder. I need to hmm. do a sweat. <laughs> COVID messed it all up. I know. I know. I've missed that so much. I need like a hundred hundred rock sweat after COVID's done. <laughs> 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 yeah 
but really my grounding and coping while getting sober helping me was the sweats and being on the land. I just found myself I could be, I was more lighter, I guess, after the healing camps. I felt like a mm. lot lighter and when I go to the city, I wouldn't be as triggered as I was before the heat, like the sweats and stuff. So the grounding of being on the land really helped me in the beginning of my sobriety for sure. Um, I feel like I've been kind of guiding the conversation. I don't know. Rachel, do you want to, is there anything that's stirring for you to, to some thread you want to pull out or a new one you want to? Yeah, I, th I think um, one of the sort of curiosities that I have, Marina, is you, um, you know, you talked about, you know, when Damien was taken from you and how you, you know, you fought for him right away. And, and I'm, and I know that Mumway has been a, a great support to you, uh, but you found them a little bit later. And so I'm just kind of wondering where that fight kind of came from. Can you? Mm. I had no fight the day that I walked into self-refer myself to FTC. That was like the lowest that I was like, because I was only getting my weekly visits to my kid. And like the way they were treating me was really shitty and I didn't like it. Like I wasn't using for like a couple months before they treated me like that. And then it, I kind of grew anger towards them, but then I had to let it go because I wouldn't be able to get my kid home. And I don't know. <laughs> As as a little as a little girl, like, do you, um, were you, you know, that little girl on the playground that was like, um, you know, protecting others or, you know, coming alongside others? No, you know, I was the quiet one. You were the quiet one. Yeah, because that that fight, you know, sometimes. Um, you know, I, I've worked with lots of families who have um, had contact with child and family services, and sometimes what happens is they they just um, they just give up right away. It's such it's such a strong mm -hmm. um, structure, and so I wonder, you know, when I when I hear you know your story, I'm just it's so beautiful to hear that you engaged in that fight pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just wondered kind of where that maybe came from. I know anger anger can be mm -hmm. helpful sometimes, right? I don't know. I guess that's also the time I started finding myself too. Like when I was at my lowest, that's when I started digging for myself. I didn't know who I was that time I walked into my bedroom. I didn't know who I was. I just knew I was addicted and I lost my kid. But also I was dragging the father along because I wanted my family to get it. Yeah. And I know your, your Damien's uh, um, um, dad is, is a really big part of, you know, your story as well. Right. Um, 
and I, you know, I don't know how much you want to share, share about that. And I don't know. What do you want to know? <laughs> Cause I could tell everything. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, I mean, like a question, a question for me is, um, like both of you kind of started a sobriety journey together um, as, as can happen sometimes with a couple. And, and sometimes it happens that um, people can kind of keep pace with each other and, and, and keep moving along side by side in that sobriety journey. And, and sometimes, you know, one partner is more ready than, than the other for whatever reason to keep moving forward. Um, and, and that means some really difficult decisions about like when, like how long do I wait for my partner to kind of catch up with me? And when do I, when do I decide, you know, I've got to keep moving forward on my own. Um, I'm sure that's a situation that a lot of people have, you know, that might be listening have been in. And I wonder, you know, you might have some pretty hard won wisdom about, uh, about that. Um, well, it took me a whole year to actually decide to leave the lady, and then it took me another year, <laughs> well, another six months to actually keep my foot down after noticing he's not going to make the effort. I gave him chance after chance. I, he knew his son's schedule. He knew when to visit, but he kind of just dropped off the face of the earth with the connection to his son. And I recently just put my foot down a couple months ago where he's not allowed to come to my house. And it doesn't seem to bother him. Yeah. So I just, just doing me and my son now. Like, I don't know. I can't make the guy grow up like as much as I wish I could, but he won't. Um, the one thing that made me keep my foot down was when my son would get angry and ask for his dad. And I can't do nothing about it because I don't have contact with him. But. So you, you picked up a kind of a signal from your son that there was like, there was a way in which he needed things to. He needs stability and consistency. He can't. Yeah. I guess the one thing that his I told his dad that he taught his son that tomorrow never comes because he says he came to visit one day and then he says I'll be back to court for visit he hasn't been back for two months so. mm. and that's when I got my angry Damien for a week I got sad crying Damien for a week and I just couldn't get mad at it or do anything about it, but just love him up. Mm. You just had to hold him with all the feelings he was having. Yeah. The angry yeah. ones, I was getting angry too, but I was getting angry throwing toys in the box. It's because he dumped all of his toys all over it. And I couldn't be like, pick it up because he's mad and I can't. All I had to do was just let him do it. Pick up the pieces. Yeah. Mm. But I should have actually mm. 
let Delaney, let my partner go a year ago. Not waiting a whole year, a whole 18 months for him to smarten up. Mm-hmm. Because I would have had what I had today. I would have had what I had today last year. But I was fighting for my family that wasn't really going to be. Like you would have had what you have now in terms of um, the the full uh, closing of the CFS file. And and that, that, is that what you mean? Yeah, I would have had it all closed, but I was fighting for my family. And he was pulling it off like he wanted to fight, but then he'd go fight, get a good test, and then he'd go go do drugs again. So it's like, I couldn't live in that circle anymore with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine there was some grief and some letting go that you had to do there. Yeah. A lot. And I had to do it on my own because COVID messed up the sweats. So, <laughs> yeah, that's why I said I need like a hundred, hundred rock sweat after. <laughs> yeah. So what do you like without the sweat now? Like what, what do you do? Like what, do you have a practice for feeding your spirit now? Writing stuff out. Like writing, hmm. like right now I'm writing like, I guess the timeline since my twenties till now, and I feel better doing it that way. Mm. Since I can't sweat, yeah. So just like it's almost another way of kind of letting things out. Yeah, is writing them down. That's interesting. Yeah, like I wrote six chat six pages on my life so far, and I'm. I'm only at 25 years old and I'm already 31, so nothing. <laughs> yeah, I can hear you flipping through the pages right there. Is there is there anything there that that sticks out for you that you think you might want to share with us this evening? Maybe my surprise three-week pregnancy in the middle of an addiction. Like, I guess when I got pregnant, I didn't know I was pregnant until three weeks before I had him, I was pregnant. And I was heavily into meth using IV needles. And I only cut down as soon as they told me I was pregnant. And that was three weeks before I had him. I, the one thing that I'm amazed with is that he wasn't a good dude. That's the one thing... That's what the hospital told me. They said he would have been addicted if I used throughout my whole pregnancy, but they tested him and he wasn't born addicted. He was healthy. Hmm. Wow. What a gift. What a gift. Hmm. So what a what a journey to go from from there, uh, from being being so involved in your addiction that you didn't even know you were pregnant until three months before your baby was born, mm-hmm. and and then to have done all that healing work you've done, and and today 
you're actually staff yes. uh, at Mamoi. What's what's that transition been like for you? It was like when I first started working, it was a struggle because I was like in a depressed state with COVID having to be home all the time. I was depressed. My mental health was not the greatest. But being able to work, that helped my mental health a lot. And being able, just being able to provide for Damien and like the stability that Mama Way is helping me keep my family together. Like just me and my son. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's really interesting that you're, what you're saying about like when, when you first started working that you were really depressed and you know some people might might think that you that people who who are really struggling with their mental health like like you shouldn't be tr- they shouldn't be trusted with a job yet um and and but in your case it was like having that work having that routine having that meaning seems like it would really help you actually break out of a depression it actually also brought out this whole new me. <laughs> this whole loud me that nobody knows I am, but I am loud. The, the loud you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is the part that still needs a name. Yeah. <laughs> loud Marina. So tell us about Loud Marina. What's she like? She's crazy. Just kidding, no. I'm really, it's really, I don't know, like, it's just shocking, like, compared to what I used to be, what I'm used to, I guess, just being quiet, Uh sit back, and, like, people come see me at work, and they're like, as if that's you, you used to be quiet, you used to, you never said anything, but I'm the loudest one at work. Yeah, that's interesting. What do you attribute that to? I don't know. Like, is it finally is it finally being a, in a community where you feel safe, like where you can kind of come out of your shell? Yeah, it's like because it's my other family. I don't do nothing. Right, like work and go come home. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting how we can discover whole new sides of ourselves when we're finally with people that we feel safe with. Yeah. And these people at my work don't know what I've been through, so they've never they've never seen the quiet marina, the broken marina basically. So like they've seen this only loud person. They they don't know they don't know what to expect, huh. I guess. <laughs> You got to kind of turn over a whole new leaf. Yeah. And some people don't even know that previous version. I have some of my coworkers now reading my book that I'm writing. Like, you want to know me? Here. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Yeah, because, like, people are shocked when they hear just one part of my story. They're just like, what? You went through that? Oh, wow. That, That sounds kind of vulnerable. I don't know. It's just it, people want to know, like, what I used to be like. Yeah. I yeah. feel better that it's off my, it's off being in my body. Like, 
that after I wrote it down, I felt so much better. Huh. Like not having to hold it in and hide it from people. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. It felt like it like it actually was like a weight that left your body. Yeah. That's why I feel like writing all the time. Like I just want to write my stuff and then I feel better. I guess that's my reground. My grounding. Yeah. Yeah. COVID wise. <laughs> and uh and it's like you also said something there about like you don't like it being a secret. Yeah. Uh yeah. Mm. Marina, when you when you think about, you know, your time back at Sandy, like Sandy Soto and at the retreats, um can you kind of take us back there a little bit and and tell us like what really stuck out for you? Like what was what are the memories that you still sort of hold and you 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 carry with you? The kayaking will always stay with me. <laughs> mm. The kayaking was the best part. Like, mm. just floating around. I just loved it. And, like, I just like being out, outside, like, by the fire. And, like, follow, following that turtle. Remember that big turtle in the garden? Yes. Yeah, yeah following that thing was... That stuck to me, I guess, just because my name. But, like, mm-hmm. it, I don't know. I just always see that turtle every now and then. Yeah. It, like, comes across, like, some random times. I'm just like, oh, that turtle. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, we had visits from, from many different animals. Uh, oh, uh, the foxes were the best at night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And there were the eagles every once in a while that we would see sort of flying across. I don't know if you had seen them, but. Yeah, and then there was a hawk or something. Yeah, the hawks uh, right around the the sweat. Yeah. Watch. Yeah. And all the crayfish in the river. Yeah. <laughs> just being on the land. I just love it. Yeah. Like, and watching Damien and. Delaney too, like yeah. I liked it out there because mm. everybody was happy. Now, is that yeah. where Damien sort of got introduced to the drum? Yeah, and the sweat, his first and sweat. His first sweat. Yeah, yeah. Can you can you tell us a little bit more about his relationship with the drum? Mm. That little boy is. I don't know. He's got the drum beat like down pat <laughs> his favorite is bear song loves singing that one yeah. mm. but when he as soon as he hears the drum everything stops yeah like he doesn't care where he is he'll just stop and go follow where the drum drum is and you'll have to sit and watch you play it until you stop yeah like that's how his connection is yeah. And even like yeah. any any music new instruments, he's just like stuck there. The piano, he loves that thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, uh, me- it's mesmerizing. I think for him, I think you had sent us um, 
something on Messenger and it was him playing the drum. Does he have his own drum now? Yeah. Yeah. The lady yeah. made the lady made his drum at okay. the men's retreat. At the men's retreat. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's special. Yeah, and and uh, and and Delaney did the paintings on my drum, mm-hmm. which are are still very meaningful to me. Yeah, it's the out there grounds that guy, and I can see him thrive. Yeah. But the city is no good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The concrete jungle. Oh, I don't like it here. My next move is out of the outskirts once I have my full license and my dog and my son need their skills. <laughs> so it sounds like you have a, a plan. Uh, you're, you're working now. And um, I mean, that for surely has probably been a big shift. I remember when I was at home with my kids and then I started working, it was, it was a big shift, you know, from caring, caring for kids to, to being working. Yeah, I get like Damien's sad days where he's like, Mommy, don't go to work. Yeah. Or, Mommy, are you coming home for sure? Like, he doubts me. He mm. doubts me because of his dad's actions. And it, it bugs me all day at work, like when he does that to me. Because I'm just like, I, all I keep saying is, Yeah, I'll be back. I promise. I'm always back. Yeah. That's all yeah. I can say to him. Yeah, it's just, just when he gets his sad days, I guess. It's the, mm-hmm. But every other day is pretty good. And me, we have our best days. And your mom lives with you now, you said? Yeah. Yeah. So she helps with? Taking him to school. And is he up. in bed now or is he with her now? What's? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's upstairs. <laughs> it is really interesting, you know, how when um, when we don't expect children to sort of arrive in our lives, that's kind of what happened to <laughs> me as well. Um, I had a little bit more notice than you did, though, Marina. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, how your life just really shifts. You know, like your focus, your, what becomes, what's important. Mm. Can you, can you talk a little bit about his arrival and how that, you know, um, changed things for you? It changed. Yeah. It changed lots for me, like, cause I was still with his, with his dad. We were together for seven years before we had him and we weren't renting him. <laughs> so like when it happened we were just completely shocked we were like yes to get our family so that's mm. why I fought so hard for my family and I didn't want to give up on Delaney but he made his own choice so mm-hmm. he made me give up on him and I didn't want to mm-hmm. but with Damien coming along like Damien was plopped in my life at the mm. darkest part of my life like I was at complete rock bottom, I burnt a bridge with family and friends just for my drugs. And mm-hmm. he was legit plopped right in the middle, and he was the light to my rock bottom, and he got me out of being on rock bottom. And mm-hmm. like after he was born, it was like golden. I had my family, I had 
home. We had everything. It was just us. No CFS involved yet. And yeah. Just a happy family. That's... And and when you think of like around the time that um, you know CFS started getting involved, like what what could you have? What could have supported you? What could have made a difference so that you you didn't fall back into that darkness again? I guess getting in, getting, like reaching out for support, like through the community, like me joining programs that I knew I already had certificates for, but I did them because CFS said so. But like just mm -hmm. doing programs and showing showing CFS that you are doing what they say, but and then when they throw the curveball at you, well, they set you up for failure. Like that's what everybody says, and it is true. They do set you up for failure. They want to see you fail, not thrive. Mm -hmm. And just being able to stick it through the hoops that they send you through and having just reaching out to the community. Like Mama Way really definitely helped mm. but saved me and my kid. So those relationships with with people who have already traveled that road or for people who have walked beside lots of people, like those those community relationships have really helped and would have really helped maybe veer you even away from having had contact with CFS. Yeah. I mean, you, you have, you have given that, I think to Sandy and to um, the return of the Buffalo retreats. I mean, you've been mm. a constant, I think in um, like since the retreats Marina. Yeah. And like you, you show up for all the uh, all the additional stuff that you know um, Sandy Soto plans, mm -hmm. um, and and you know you've responded to this call as well to just to sit and talk with us. Yeah. Um. I mean, Marcus and I were in the summer when we dropped off shoes. You know, we got to see you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's mm. a yep. gift that you bring us as well. So. Yeah, you're, a you're part of that leader. web that we're we're all trying to. And I'm happy yeah. you guys are a part of my web, like being a part of this new, bringing out this new me. You guys did. So. Yeah, we're giving we're giving loud Marina like a whole new platform here. <laughs> we're like putting this sitting turtle woman away, <laughs> like big talking turtle woman coming your way. Well, you can you can take over the podcast anytime you want, Marina. <laughs> well, it's been yeah, it's been such a treat to to sit with you this evening, and it's such an honor to have you share your story with us. And and I'm just especially thinking of some of our listeners. Um, actually, I you know I remember. I remember you commenting after Deandra Rose Powderhorn shared her story on the podcast, um, you know, about how, how helpful hearing her story was. And I'm sure you, you know, you're going to have that same effect for others. Um, and, and that, 
yeah. that message of hope, you know, that you bring that you know, even, even at your darkest point uh, can be very close to turning around to the light and to family and to community and to healing and, um, and reconnecting to the culture and the land. I think that I'm really, that's really sitting with me today. The, just, just the power of the land um, in your story. And um, so we look forward to seeing you on the land again. Yes. Um, we're going to have to, we have to schedule things a little more uh, carefully now that you, you're uh, a working mom. Um, uh, yeah. Well, I just need like a week notice at least. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, next, next, next uh, return of the Buffalo reunion is uh, March five and six. My birthday. Oh, really? When is your birthday? When's your birthday, Marina? On the sixth. Minus two. What? And that'll be two years, Damien's home. Well. Yeah. Party time. Well, I'm coming. (laughs) Holy smokes. Okay. (laughs) And you just discovered that you are both turtle women and you have the same birthday. Yeah. That's crazy. I've got goosebumps now. Aww. <laughs> well. Sister turtles. Yeah. yeah. Turtle sisters. The turtle sisters. <laughs> turtle sisters. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, wow. So many blessings and so many thanks. It's it's so good to be, yeah. you know, in your circle and have you in our circle. I'm blessed to have you guys in my circle and in my new sobriety. This sobriety yeah. path. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Oh my gosh. <laughs>